Thank you, Colt. Good morning, everyone. I want to say hello, and uh, I just also want to acknowledge the, um, the worship team. Wasn't that great? You know, I, I also want to just tell you, like, a little history with that. Just thank you so much. You know, Kevin has been on staff since 2011, right? Is Kevin in the room right now to correct me? 2011. Um, I know Philip came, was it 2011 or 2012? And Jenny, was 2011 or 2012? 2012. That's like, um, we've been, from Friday nights, man, we used to just, thank you, Jesus. So we just really thank the Lord for faithfulness and, and just people just plowing in for his presence. It's all about presence. If you were with us Friday night on our Zoom call, we had Katie Luce, and she was just speaking about a band of brotherhood revolved around one thing, the presence of the Lord. And I, I just couldn't stop weeping, you know, because, like, how do you keep a band of brotherhood going during COVID? <laughs> I don't know, but Jesus does. And so he takes it. He, he's the one who unifies and keeps us together. So, yay, I get to be in front of you without a mask. There's a handful of people in the room. And just bless everyone on Zoom. Bless Sal and Jewel, our Zoom pastors. And... Um, yeah, so I I had something else that it was in my heart that was um, I had I had been chewing on since the summertime. I don't speak, you know, but like every three months or so. But you know what? During the week, the Lord just kind of shifted the whole thing, and He said to me, "Tammy, I want to I want to draw you back. I want to draw people back, but I want to draw you back first. So the message that I'm speaking, it's it's the Lord speaking it to me first. Okay, it's, it's like he's trying to get my attention. And so the caption of the most of our, our, um, our scriptures today is going to be from Matthew 25, 1 to 10. And um, I love it. It's like, uh, it, wow. I love this verse of scripture, this whole, you know, the, the virgins, the five foolish and the five wise. I remember teaching children's intercession <laughs> on this and trying to get them to understand what, what little, you know, and I know some of my kids are in the room too, so it's like, okay, how do we teach intercession to little kids? I actually made them like, you know, little vials, and then they had to fill it with oil, and we had scriptures around it, and it's like, you got to go buy your oil. So um, here it is. Here's my oil. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So Matthew 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same, right? This is a super simple parable, super simple. Jesus taught it to his disciples, Matthew 25, starting with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took um, their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And behold, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Oh, it's sorry. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So this parable, I mean, you could take it on many levels, but just if you just read it as it is, it's talking about the return of Christ and that we all need to be ready. Instant in season, instant out of season, just ready because we don't know when he's coming. You know, if they knew when he was coming, they would have been awake. They would have had oil in their lamps. Everything would be trimmed, right? So it's about the spiritual condition of our own heart. You know, just as the young virgins were to tend their lamps, it's important for us to tend to that spiritual condition. And this, the bridegroom coming at an unknown and unexpected time, we don't know. If, if we would have known, if they would have known, if there was a recognizable sign that was beyond a shadow of a doubt, they would all have been ready. But there wasn't. So it's like we got to be ready all the time. We got to have not just our lamps ready, but extra oil. Extra oil. Thank you, Jesus. Oil. We need oil. <laughs> There's a children's song. We need oil in our lamps. Keep it burning, right? That's right. Thank you, Curtis. Burning, burning. I'm getting ready for these songs again because I'm getting ready to be a grandmother for the first time. <laughs> so <laughs> any week now, any day. So I'm yeah, so maybe that's part of it. Ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Yes, we're always to be prepared. And so how do we do that? We need to take oil in our jars, but we need to buy oil. And it costs you something. It costs you something. Oil speaks of intimacy with God. It speaks about spending time with him, having him minister to our hearts and us ministering to him priesting before the Lord, abiding in his presence. The Gospels are full of uh, other, you know, other similar parables about abiding in him, all, all these different ones. we got to buy oil. We've got to be ready. So, you know, it's interesting to me that it doesn't talk about virgins that some of them, you know, were, were, disobedient or they were uh, they were rebellious it just says that they were five foolish so it could mean that they actually knew the lord but maybe they were just like okay i got time you know or you know i i know him already i don't need to press in again i had that born again experience i could remember that you know once and done that's not once and done. It's like we got to go buy fresh manna every day. We got to go to him. And so um, we, we have to take that time out, right? And, um, you know, if we say, why didn't the foolish virgins do that? And I was just pondering this. I, I put myself in that scripture many times and just like many different times through the years, okay? And just tried to say, God, what are you saying through this? You know, if... If, like, we live our lives without the oil, it's like we're doing it in our own strength. Ugh, self-sufficiency. I can do this. Buck up. Come on. 
it's a new day ahead. I got this, 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 you know, and just like, but it, it, we burn without oil, we burn the wick. And you know what happens then? It smells and we get burnout. But if we, we need that fresh oil, and I'm telling you, this was for me, because this is what the Lord told me. He said, no, nope, we'll put that other message to the side another time. But you need this now. We don't know. Tomorrow is not promised for us. We don't know what tomorrow looks like. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, everyone on Zoom, beloved friends, buy oil for yourself. You can't rely on someone else. You can't rely on, well, I grew up in a Christian family and they got my back. Uh-uh. You got to make a decision that you're going to buy it for yourself. You can't rely on other people's relationship with the Lord to carry you through, right? That was the whole thing about the foolish ones. They went and they asked the wise ones, well, we need more oil. Like our lamps are going out now and the bridegroom's come. Just, just loan us some of yours. Just give it, not loan, but give us some of yours. And like, well, ours is going to go out. You, you got to go buy your own oil. And so if they, if they had just, you know, done it all along, right, it would, they would have had what they needed when midnight hour came, when a crisis comes. You're not going to be without a foundation because if your foundation has been Jesus the whole time and not relying on somebody else, you know, or, um, yeah, or just relying on your past relationship and time with Jesus, right? Okay, so you can also be distracted with cares of this world. You can be distracted because you've got so many things to do that you're not, you know, it's like, I don't have time. I don't have time once a week, you know, or something, whatever. It, these, so we're going to look at some of these examples in Scripture. And so I want you to turn to Deuteronomy. Oh, do I not have the, do you have the, the reference on it? <laughs> okay. I don't know what happened to my notes. Here we go. Okay. Oh, Deuteronomy 5, 23 to 27. There we go. Okay. So... This is the children of Israel. They're dealing with Moses. Moses would be the chief person hearing from God, and they had an opportunity to hear from God too. So Deuteronomy 5.23. Okay, it says, When you heard the voice of the dark, a voice out of the darkness while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders came to me, and you said, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his majesty, and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks with them. But now why should we die? This great fire will consume us, and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. For what mortal has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the fire as we have and survived? So you go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says, then tell us whatever the Lord tells us to do, and we will listen and obey. So this was the answer from the children of Israel to Moses. They were saying, you go for us. I don't want to, we don't want to go. We don't want to chance it. He might just kill us. He might just be angry with us. Do you, do you know people like that? Or are you like that, that you're afraid of intimacy? You're afraid you might be punished. You feel unworthy. 
you just can't go on your own. These are things that the Lord wants to break these things off. They just said, they just said, oh, a person can live and speak with God and not die. But yet they believed a lie then. They said, oh, no, I don't want to. Because they were afraid that they might die. What they, it's lies will try to get implanted in your head. Cast them out. They're not your thoughts. They're the enemy's thoughts. So we just say no to that in Jesus' name. In the New Testament, we know what Jesus came to do. He came that we would have fellowship with him and communion with him. Okay, another example from Scripture about a difficulty, you know, just something that draws us away that we don't buy oil is the story of Martha. Um, so we could turn there. Martha is Luke 10, chapter 30, uh, Luke Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I like going to the real Bible, too, not just electronic. <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> uh, the real, oh, sorry. They're all real Bibles. But, you know, I have, like, notes in some of these that are precious through the years, right? Okay. Okay. 1038. Now, it happened as they went that he entered, this is Jesus, a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had the gift of hospitality, okay? And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Now, if you're an access service person like me, <laughs> I can sometimes blow up. <laughs> My one son's back there nodding. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a to-do list. You got to help. You got to do this. You got to do that. There's a balance in it. Okay, let's keep reading. What does Jesus tell her? Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. So we said hospitality is a gift, but it's not to take the place of sitting before the Lord. There's a balance between personal devotion and practical service. So Mary was buying the oil, right? But it's funny. If you look at that scripture that we read, it's Martha also knew how to buy the oil because it, it says um, from verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So it's not like Martha didn't know how to do it. She just was encumbered by pressures, by cares of this world, by hospitality. You can let your gift overtake you and go a little nuts and, you know, I've been repenting of that, too, um, because that's, that's, I understand this. This is a Martha thing. This is a, yeah. And how about New York? New York, all the people that have so much to do and everything. We can flip over and become like that Martha. Yeah. So the Lord is, is wanting us to get into a place of steady communion um, in our Christian life, it's the most important thing we can do is, is have that one thing, that gaze into him. It's going to keep us steady. 
steady for today, for any anything that's going on today, but even for tomorrow, because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Even And then even we don't know when Christ is going to return, and we got to be ready. We don't want to be caught off guard. <laughs> so if doing and service become the driver in our lives, we move away from relationship and into works. So I want to say that again. If doing and service is the driver in our lives, we move away from relationship and works. And I'm telling you, I'm speaking to myself, you know, because I'm, an, I'm going to share with you a story that I, I believe, as I've pondered the scriptures, I believe that you can flip at different seasons in your life from being the wise virgin to the foolish one. It's not an unbelieving virgin. It's the foolish one where you get caught up in things or caught up in like, oh, somebody else could do it for me, or, or whatever it is, or uh, idols that you look to, and you're, you're stopping, you're not gazing on the Lord, you know, so I'm going to share one from um, my own life, right, I, you know, when I first received the Lord, started off great, Jesus was everything to me, this was 1981, 1981, then after time of being married, a long time of being married, Everybody out there that wants to be married or that is already married, try to put yourself in this because, you know, that relationship that I had with Jesus before I was married, it was, it was my anchor. But after being married for a long time, I started to talk to Bill about everything and not as much to Jesus. Uh-oh. It's so subtle there's nothing wrong with marriage. In fact, it's very, very, very good. God says it's not good for man to be alone. So it's important. Yes, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's what we should want. It started in the garden, Genesis. Thank you, Jesus. But there is a replacement that we can begin to replace and allow our spouse, our fiance, our boyfriend, whatever it is, other things to take the God spot. I see people that are married are nodding their hands, heads. Right? It could happen. Like we have to put God in that God spot. And I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. And, um, you know, I know um, for many, many years we've been going in February, I don't know, a long, long time to the Firestorm Conference at the church in um, Life Center in Harrisburg. And I think before we had, before we even planted this work, I was going. <laughs> I was going there. So it's been a long time. So one of the times I was there before the church had ever started, the Lord spoke to me in worship. And you know what he said to me? He said, your root system is shallow. what? My root system is shallow, but God, don't you know all the persecution I went through to receive you? Like people didn't understand. What? 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 And it took years to get that unpacked. So years later, when um, we were, our family, my husband and I were in a crisis, <laughs> and I realized, like, I couldn't go to Bill to meet my need, emotional need or something. 
And that's when I realized, I began to realize that something was off. Okay? So I'm telling you, I started out as a wise virgin. But somewhere along the line, I allowed myself to get carried away into just this thing of like not really developing that relationship the way I should have. And so um, by the time, you know, I, we, we had our crisis, we had ministry friends come in and, and pray for us and pray for the community and speak and da-da-da. And at the end of the weekend, they gave us an assessment of, you know, what they felt, okay? Prophetic assessment of what they felt. And they said, for me, Tammy, everything's fine except your root system has to develop in the Lord. And that's when it like, oh, my gosh. He's spoken to me about that before, but I didn't connect it. That, you know, I have to go to God for myself. Like we have an advocate with the Father. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous. I would say, mm, I have an advocate with the Father. It's Bill White, you know, and I, I'm telling you, but it was so subtle, I didn't capture it. I didn't know. It took a crisis for me to realize. So, so don't curse your crises. Because in crisis, if you allow it, the Lord can speak to you and define some things that are cracks in your foundation. So even, you know, yes, we, we pray that COVID would go in the name of Jesus and bind the thing. But Lord, we know and you're going to turn everything around for the good because your word says it. So everything, every crisis of everyone losing their job, of losing a loved one, of getting sick on this, and, and just even wearing the masks and, and seeing our whole globe suffer from this, let's take advantage of what God wants to show us personally and let, not let this time go by in vain. In Jesus' name. Okay. So it was like, oh, I, I, I got to shift. I, I got I to go back to the one thing, the one thing, you know. And uh, so my root system had to become independent of people. I, ha I didn't know. I mean, I think we had a very healthy marriage, and I think we kind of do. But apparently something was off there that I may have had a codependency. We can't have codependencies on people. You can put even your children in, in a box, in, a, in an, that God spot, that idol. You can put your job in there. You can put, like, your aspirations for your future. Like, I want to be this one day. I want to do this. These, they could be in that God spot, and they could just, like, ugh. When you go to pray, you, that's what you see. But when we go to pray, we need to gaze at the Lord. And not codependency. So, you know, so like, all right, I told you how our friends came and, you know, they're, they're ministers of the gospel for years and years. And you're like, okay, well, lay hands on me. You know, like, give me your oil, in other words. Lay, lay hands on me. There is impartation. It's biblical. Impartation is biblical. And, but... It, it can take you so far. Again, that's a person... So 
<laughs> I realized, like, oh, no, that's not going to work. I need more than that. I need to go root system into Jesus. Okay. So how do we become wise virgins? Okay. So we're going to go to Psalm. Psalm 1. Right from the beginning. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. David Psalms. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Okay, this is the thing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Bible, okay? In his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. So wait, wait. Meditate day and night in the word, in the Bible. Meditating day and night. Mutter it. Speak it to yourself. You know, like you... Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Just, just memorize these things and just let them speak to your spirit, man. Speak it out loud. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become who you are then, right? So you meditate in that. And then what happens? What happens? You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Just meditate in the word. Thank you, Jesus. Another version says, he'll be standing like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. <laughs> Things could be going on all around you, and you're just going to stay planted in bliss, bearing fruit in every season in your life, never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Okay, and there's another, I mean, everybody should know this one, right? Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Or how do we do that? How do we be still and know that he is God? I'm putting this away because somehow the scriptures did not get in here when I emailed it. Okay, how do we do that? How do we be still? How do we quiet ourselves from that inner conversations and everything? Well, one thing is we got to turn our phones off or put it away in another room or something because it will distract us, even if we're trying to read the Bible from it. I don't know if there's another way, like if you have an iPad or something else that's not going to ring or text on you, just so that you can take some time and be focused on the Lord. Um, put music on. So the whole idea of reason to put music on is we tend to be very cerebral, which is our left side of the brain. But when you put music on, and I'm talking about worship music, it's your right side gets stimulated. And you just then can tune in to the Lord. You know, don't be in a hurry. You're, be you're before an audience of one. Praising him, thanking him, that's all buying oil. Remove the physical distractions, the inner noise, the to-do list. Like, you just, mm, I'll take care of you. Thank you. I'll take care of you later. Thank you for reminding me. And just spend that time and see what he wants to say to you. It's going to be like a two-way conversation. Okay, so maybe another time we could speak more about the right brain and the left brain thing, but... It, there is really something there. And the music thing is very biblical. Why do you think David put most of the psalms 
he set them to music. He wrote them. It was his journaling, <laughs> his time with the Lord. He journaled it, and he put it to music, okay? And, and I'm going to show you another, way, another place where it's biblical. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15. This is Elisha. The, the people wanted him to prophesy. And, and what does he say to them? This is crazy. He says, bring me a musician. He's a prophet. You mean you just don't rattle it anyway, whatever? He's like, no, bring me a musician. Then it happened, 2 Kings 3.15. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of dishes, ditches, dishes. <laughs> you shall not see wind nor rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water. So he, the word of the Lord came with the music. We got a priest before him. We got a worship before him. I loved Friday night when Katie Luce, she said that we are a Levitical company and the Lord has not forgotten that. That is what we're called to, is to be Levites, priesting before him. And he, he's called us a band of brotherhood and Levitical too. Like this is to worship. This is the key component of worship. You want prophetic to flow in your life. You want the, like, okay, which way am I going, Jesus? You know, we have to be attuned in him. And, and also, there's a, there's a component with worship that can really bring us into that as well. All right. So that's, um, this is going to help us be prepared for anything when we spend that time with him. Right? It's not like it, the world's not going to rock around you because it, the, the scripture says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But how do you stay steady in the shaking? And I know I'm speaking to this. Matthew 25, it starts with, we could take it for our everyday lives, but it's really about his coming. We need to be ready. Okay, so this place... It, of spending time with him, it recalibrates us. <laughs> when hard times come, we don't always know in advance. Like, did anybody really know what coronavirus was going to do? Did anybody know that their, you know, schools would be closed, jobs change, travel ceasing? Nobody knew really the extent of this. And it's not like we have to look to prophets to know. We've got to be anchored on the rock. Uh, when there's drought in our life, we have a well to draw from. Because if, like, my root system goes deep, then there are scriptures that say what happens when you... We read some of them, right? Psalm 92 is another one. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Doesn't matter how old you are, what's going on, God's got it. But we've got to get in God <laughs> and not let anybody else go to God for us or let any other distraction keep us from that place. Okay, woo, thank you, Jesus. He's the rock, our solid foundation. Psalm 27, 
verse 4 and 5. One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, uh-uh, there we go. In the day of trouble, he will keep me safe. We can't expect our government to keep us safe, the police to keep us safe. Th these are all, yes, thank God for them. And we pray for them. But who is going to keep you safe? It's him. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. You got to know that you know that you know that you know for yourself. We can't rely on anybody else's prophetic word for us or for the nation or for anything. We got to know that we know that we know for ourselves. I don't have this in my notes, but, you know, there was a, there's a prophet in the Old Testament that the word, the word of the Lord came to him and says, go to this city and preach to them and, da -da -da and tell them to turn from their ways. And then as soon as you're done, go back home exactly right away, right away, right away. Don't, don't turn to the right or to the left. But you know what? Another prophet came. He did this, and it was very good. And then he was going to get ready to go home, but then this old prophet said to him, man of God, I hear from God too. God told me you should come in and eat with me. And then go. Well, the story didn't work out well. <laughs> we got to know that we know for ourselves. We're not going to be led about by every wind of doctrine out there. This is how you're going to get anchored. We're going to buy oil. And I'm telling you, I know he spoke this to me. And it's like I, I thought I was teaching children's intercession again. I went and bought tons of oil to give to one for each family. And I'd love to give it to people on Zoom, too, if we could figure out how to do that. <laughs> okay, so my root system needed a reset. No codependent relationships. I started out my walk right. I started out as a wise virgin, and now I needed to get to the, you know, out of the foolish one and back to the wise. And and I want to tell you, sometimes along the way, the Lord will bring people to prop you up and help you when you're struggling. But he doesn't want you to be propped up forever. So another story in my life, I, um, I was working a few years back with my friend Myra that I love. And um, I was during a hard time, the same hard season. And... She was my prayer buddy because we worked right next to each other and da da da. And every day, it was a constant. Okay, I can, you know, Myra and I are going to go together to the Lord. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got a buddy to do this with me, you know. And then she came to me one afternoon and she said to me, um, you know, Tammy, I, I was offered a position, you know, another place for like double the money. And she says, but I'm praying about if I should take it. And, um, and I said, oh, Myra, I don't know if I could live without you. <laughs> I don't know if I could get through this without you. <laughs> and she said to me, Tammy, if the Lord tells me to take that job, that means that you're ready to stand alone again. 
The props got to come out at some point. The training wheels on the bike have to come out. We rely on them too easily. He wants us to go to him. I'm not going to look to this one and that one. I got I to gotta go to him. I got to buy my own oil. And we all do in this room. So how do we do that? Again, it's reading the word, spending time in prayer. But when you read the word, go in it. Like, put yourself, give yourself license to imagine yourself in that scripture, in that parable, in that room with him. What is he speaking to you in that room through that parable, through any, like, picture it. Give yourself license to, for imagination with him. To go right brain and not left. Turn the left off. Go into it. Whoa. And he's going to speak things to you and set you on that rock that's higher than you. I feel like light bulbs are going off in this room right now. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody occupying the God spot. Nothing else. So oil also speaks about our history with him. So that when we get in that place with him and he, he, sh he tells us something. Oh, my gosh. Like it anchors you like, oh, no. I know he loves me. I know I'm okay. So when, when a storm comes, you go back like, no, I know he loves me. You know, I remember before COVID, I was, you know, folding laundry one day, and he just spoke to me. Also, see those mundane little tasks that are not left brain and they're right brain? Sometimes it's easier to hear in those things, washing dishes, folding laundry. So I was folding laundry, and he just said to me out of the clear, he said, I'm not afraid. I was like, what? He's like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid about tomorrow. I'm not afraid about today. That's my nature. And I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to have my character. But you've got to be in that place. Take that time. He'll break through even in, like I said, all those mundane chores and so forth. But when we're intentional, it's like those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. We don't know what tomorrow will look like, but we know in whom we trust. And this is how you build the trust. Okay, Jeremiah 17, 7 says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The trust is speaking about your relationship with him. That's the only way you can build it. 
Somebody can't just give it to you. They can give you hope and they can give you encouragement through releasing their testimonies and make you hungry to go and hunger for it yourself. But you've got to then do it. I love testimonies. I want to park there. But then I got to go and occupy it for myself. <laughs> so our intimacy with the Lord must match our calling in order to sustain where he's taking us. You want to not be rattled with, you know, he's given each one of us a platform, a sphere of influence. Your intimacy with him is going to keep you on that thing and able to keep you to grow into the new things, everything that he has written about you and for you in the books in heaven to accomplish. If you do those things without the oil, remember, there's burnout. It's all about self. It's not in him. And, and I've been there. I mean, this is not to point a finger. It's not condemnation. It's about revelation. God, help us to switch into being wise virgins. And, and I'm telling you, your life can fluctuate at times, but help us to go back to the one thing, the one thing that matters. Thank you, Jesus. So as I've been on this journey this last week, he told me, I want you to anoint yourself with oil every day. And, and I, he also told me, I want you to give out the oil. And, okay, we know in James it says, if anyone is sick among you, let the elders of, you know, come and anoint them with oil. If they've committed any sin, they will be forgiven, and they would, they would be raised up. <laughs> when I was sick with COVID, Corley sent me <laughs> a card with it, oil in it, didn't she? And, and she was like, anoint yourself with this. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful. But, you know, we all need some oil in the house that we could have dedicated aside to pray for the sick, to pray over ourselves. And, and the scripture that the Lord told me that he wants me to anoint myself with, he said, Hebrews 1.9, and speaking about Jesus. And it says, um, this, is, this, is, this is directly about Jesus, okay? You've loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So I was like, okay, I'm going to anoint myself because I want the oil of gladness, uh, you know, even more than my companions, right? And, and Bill says to me, no, it's scriptural because as you are in the as he, as, as he is in the earth, so are you. So it's not wrong for me to pray that over myself, and it's not wrong for you to pray that over yourself. And we know the oil of joy gives it to Isaiah 61, oil of joy for Glennis. But even I wanted to the measure that Christ was anointed with it, the oil of joy above my companions. He has anointed us with that. So this is what I've been doing, and I... I I want to offer it to you as well. And even as we close, it just if you just take a moment, I don't know if the worship team wants to come back too, and, and take this moment and just ask the Lord, Lord, where am I in this parable? <laughs> and, and what do you want to say to me? 
And I'm telling you, like, if he says something to you, man, cherish it. Like, write it down in your phone or in your notes. Yeah, go, go for it. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much, um, worship team, again, too. I honored you before. I mean, it's been, it's been nine years, nine years, uh, this worship team. This is, this is unbelievable. Thank you, Jesus, that you stir us, Father. Stir us, stir us. And if we have anything that's occupied that God spot, and it could just be empty because we just didn't go there. You know, the busyness of life, of things that had to get done, the Marthas, we just break that off this morning. And we thank you, Jesus, for wise virgins, each one buying oil. Thank you, Father, for truth breaking in right now, even as we're asking you, Holy Spirit, come. Come and bring your truth. And if there's anyone that has not, you're hearing this story and you could say, well, I don't even know if I'm a wise virgin or a foolish virgin. I don't even know if I'm in, I'm in that story. I just want to invite you to meet Jesus. He is that bridegroom of that story. He's the lover of our souls. He's the one who went to the cross and died for my sins, for your sins. And he's knocking at the door of your heart. And he's saying to you, can I come in? Can I come in and sup with you and you with me? Actually, he might be knocking, but it's an invitation into knowing your best friend, the friend that will never leave. He's my all in all. He's my rock, and he wants to be yours. So I want to introduce you to my friend. He's so good. He's so comforting. He's so compassionate. So if you want to let him in as he's knocking, just say, come in, Jesus. Come in. Come in. If there is anybody that said that on Zoom, please tell, you know, please, please chat it privately even to Sal or Juliana so that they can pray for you and get next steps for you, get you a Bible and so forth and explain what this new birth is about. If there's anyone in this room who said, okay, Jesus, I, my heart is open. I'm opening up my heart to you. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to heal every broken place. I ask 
if you would be bold enough just to raise your hand and come over and pray with me.